0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com.
1: We're reading from the Old Testament book of 2 Kings, chapter 4. 2 Kings, chapter 4, verse number 8. 2nd Kings chapter 4 verse number 8 just a few verses here and we'll look at the rest of the story but scripture gives to us an interesting story here in this 4th chapter 2nd Kings verse number 8 it says it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. She said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. I want to preach for just a few moments here today from this subject, making room for the supernatural. Making room for the supernatural. Would you ask the Lord to help us? Jesus, I'm asking you in the next little while that you would help us in the breaking of the bread of life. I ask you, Lord, you take that which you've inspired our heart and soul with and mind and life and God, that you'd help us to be able to to give it to this congregation that we would receive it together. And God, that it would be food and sustenance to our heart and do the incredible work, God, that you've designed it to do. In Jesus' precious name we pray, would you lift your voices with me one more time and your hand. Turn your face toward the Lord and would you just give him a great sound of praise across this building. And can we do it joyfully? Can we do it joyfully all over the building I thank you now Lord I give you praise and worship and adoration in Jesus name you may be seated God bless you we see it throughout scripture the office of a prophet it rises again and again both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament this office that is known as the office of a prophet it would appear that God had designed this particular office of a prophet to operate from the very beginning. It's almost as if the office of a prophet is woven into the fabric, built into the structure of the way God would deal with mankind and convey His Word and convey His thoughts and ideas to those that He wished to receive it. We find that the title, prophet is first given by God to a man called Abraham when he was standing in front of a heathen king, Abimelech, and God was placing a certain notation upon Abraham to Abimelech, and he told him, this heathen king, that this man that stands before you is a prophet, and he shall pray for you. Now, we find though that this office of a prophet, this one that is a conveyor of the word of God, the spoken word, spoken principles of the lord was used even before god designated abraham as a prophet we we find that the office of prophecy was was functioning jude when he writes in the book of jude and verse number 14 he calls to memory a prophecy that was made by a man by the name of enoch who was the 7th from Adam, now, without designation, no one has called Enoch a prophet, no one has designated him in the office of being a spokesman for God, but Jude said that he had a word from the Lord, and he spoke in a prophetic mode, and he said, "Behold, the Lord cometh with 10." thousands of his saints. Now understand the, the impact of this prophecy is that at the time of Enoch there is this incredible wickedness and evil and men's minds are on evil continually and God is being filled up with wrath concerning the sin of humanity and he's on the brink of, of a totally obliterating man from the face of the earth and Enoch has a word from God as if he was operating in the office of a prophet and he says I, I want you to know that there's something beyond where we are right now I understand there's wickedness and I understand there's evil and I understand there's corruption but there is something beyond where we are now and I see a triumphant Lord and he's coming with ten thousands now you think that 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 righteousness has somehow or another found its way into caves and and places of hiding right now, but, but I want you to know there's 10,000 saints that are going to come with the Lord, and he sees it through this prophetic moment that the Lord allows this moment to open up before him. It was known in Scripture that these who could see these things, those that that had insight in something that was beyond where they were, they were called seers or that is they could see things that were not yet but was revealed to them by the hand and the, the inspiration of God. These seers would make the unknown known. They would make that which was not yet in the present they would make it very real with the words that they uttered. In fact, the nation of Israel had become quite accustomed. They, they were quite comfortable to the office of, of a prophet. It, it wasn't a spooky thing with them, it, 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 it wasn't some mystical thing necessarily, but it was, it was an office that was woven into their community and into their process. And they just accepted that there would be prophets that spoke of things that had not yet happened but that would happen and they received that. In fact, on occasions, it was the, the nation of Israel would summons the office of a prophet and said, hey, we need a word from God. What does God have to say? It was was Saul who, who had lost his father's donkeys and he was searching, looking. He had been looking all over trying to find his father's donkeys and somebody suggested there's a man of God in town. And he can tell you where the donkeys are at. And Saul readily opened himself to the process and said, let's go talk to the seer and see if he can tell me where the donkeys are. And of course, Samuel told him more than where the donkeys were. He told him about his future life as king over the nation of, of Israel. It's, it's kings that were lost in a wilderness and they were without water. And they said, what we?" need is a prophet if we just had a man of God that could help us get water where we are right now we could get out of the mess that we're in and they called for Elisha to come and he gave them a word and said if you'll dig ditches in this valley there will be water in the ditches you won't see lightning you won't hear thunder you won't see any rain but there will be water and sure enough when they woke up the next morning God had filled their ditches with water without them seeing any sign of a storm whatsoever and it came through the words of a prophet. Now let's just take a moment here today because I, I don't want us in our 21st century mindset and in the technology that we have embraced and the advancement of science that we hold I don't want us to discount our discredited these men as some kind of eccentric babbling old men that was speaking of things kind of off of the top of their head and they were talking by their own volition or coming up with things by their own imagination so Peter addresses this office of a prophet who speaks under the inspiration of God in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 21 and he said prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but holy men of god spake as they were moved by the holy ghost he said i just want you to understand that the prophetic words that we read and the prophecies that we have heard they didn't come out of just the will of man they didn't come out of an active imagination they didn't come out of somebody's philosophy or thought where they was just trying to to come up with some kind of thing that would make you feel better but these men were moved on by the Holy Ghost there was a supernatural thing that happened and they spoke words and uttered things that they had no knowledge of, no understanding of, could not see, had not seen, but they spoke of those things and sure enough, they began to come to pass. In fact, it was Peter standing in the upper room talking about the, the fall of Judas as one of the apostles and he said, I want you to understand, now this is, this is pastor's translation, okay? You won't find this in your Bible, but he said, I, I want you to understand that this didn't slip up on the blind side of God that Judah selling him out and and, and all of these events that took place didn't just kind of happen but he said this he said David spake by the Holy Ghost concerning the fall of Judas and Judas has fulfilled those words spoken by David by the Holy Ghost. In other words, it is this supernatural experience of God coming upon one and using that human body to speak things that they otherwise could not speak or had no knowledge or understanding of. Now let's just think, with me for just a moment because we have a tendency in our, our culture and especially with technology that has kind of taken our minds away from the supernatural and the realm of the movement of the Holy Ghost and we have satellites now in the sky and uh, they kind of spy down on everything and they can move this and move that and you got phones that can tell you all kinds of stuff, you know, it gets, gets kind of spooky. To, to, to drive to another state, and you cross from maybe Oklahoma into Texas, and suddenly your phone says, "Welcome to Texas you yeah. know How'd you know I was going into Texas, you know, or welcome to Arkansas. How did did you know I was going into Arkansas? You got these satellites up there that knows everything you're doing, wherever you're at. So it's sometimes kind of hard for us to wrap our minds around a God that doesn't use a satellite, but he knows how to convey. He knows how to speak of things that are not yet, but will be. In fact, Scripture tells us about our personal supernatural involvement with the Holy Ghost. That it's not just something relegated to Scripture. It's not something just relegated to the pages of your Bible that you hold in your lap on this Sunday morning, but that the supernatural is available to all generations that have experienced the power of the Holy Ghost. In fact, Joel prophesied about it in Joel chapter 2 and verse number 28 when he says some 700 years before the day of Pentecost it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams and your young men are going to see visions he said now let me tell you Israel you've been accustomed with the office Of the prophet moving in and out of your community. But when the Holy Ghost comes on you and God's presence gets inside of you, He said, I'm going to take your run of the mill sons and daughters, I'm going to take your young men and your old men, and supernatural things are going to happen through them by the power of the Holy Ghost. In fact, when we get to the New Testament, we see the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy in the second chapter of of the book of Acts when the Bible tells us that they were all in one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost says Acts 2 and 4 they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and as they were filled with the Holy Ghost they began to speak with other tongues now notice that this is not a human event this is not just human will this is not human volition but this is a supernatural thing as the spirit gives them utterance oh I'd like to tell somebody on this Sunday morning that the Holy Ghost when it comes upon you and it infills your heart it'll take your tongue and you'll speak words you have never known before it may be your tongue it may be your lips it may be your vocal cords it may be you forming the words but the utterance is given by the power of the Holy Ghost it's a supernatural thing that happens when somebody receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost does anybody know what I'm talking about can I get a witness in the house this supernatural experience of the Holy Ghost that's our first encounter with this supernatural thing is when you receive the Holy Ghost you begin to speak with other tongues as the spirit of God gives the utterance tongues is not something you learn tongues is not something you you get by saying the vowels backwards real fast tongues is not something you get by 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 saying a just a, a collaboration of words real quick Tongues is not something you get by just saying the first thing that comes in your brain. Tongues is something you get when the Holy Ghost has filled your heart. And when the Holy Ghost fills your heart, you will speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. It is a supernatural experience of the Holy Ghost. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? Is there anybody that's received the Holy Ghost? but the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now that's, that's, that's the initial evidence. That's the initial evidence that the Spirit, this supernatural experience has taken up. The first thing that's going to happen to a person when the Holy Ghost comes on them, they will speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. But that's not the last manifestation of that supernatural experience. It continues to manifest itself. Paul talks about it in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, when he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and longsuffering suffering And gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. He said, when the Spirit comes in, this supernatural presence of God. First of all, you're going to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives you utterance. And then second of all, there's going to be this supernatural manifestation of fruit that cannot be produced by your human will but can only be produced by the inward dwelling of the presence of Almighty God. You see, as humans, you might be able to produce love and you might be able to come up with some form of peace and you might be able to come up with some form of long suffering and gentleness and goodness and meekness and temperance. But you can never produce the level that the Spirit can produce because it's supernaturally manifested in your life by the power of the Holy Ghost. But that's not the last manifestation of that presence. Paul goes on to tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 8. He says to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. He Said, not only is there this miraculous manifestation of tongues and its spiritual utterance and its fruit but then there is the gifts of the spirit that allows one to have wisdom and knowledge and faith and healing beyond any human level that only comes by the indwelling and the inward presence of the power of the Holy Ghost that allows you to operate in a realm that you have never operated operated in before and he said this belongs to everyone who is filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost does anybody believe in the supernatural endowment of the Holy Ghost can I get a witness right here on this left hand side anybody in the middle how about it on this right hand side I believe in a supernatural power of the Holy Ghost it's there it's there Now, if you want to take it and you want to kind of kind of shape it down to where you got a little control over it and you want to put the spirit in a box and kind of put labels all over it and put it with your little definition your little ideas. You're never going to experience the supernatural nature of the Holy Ghost. But if you're willing to get it out of your box, get it beyond the, the thoughts of your mind and just say, I can't understand it, I can't explain it, but all I know, it's real, it's real. This power of the Holy Ghost it's real does anybody believe it's real today now for the Holy Ghost to operate this, this supernatural experience to operate there has to be there has to be an openness to it you see the Holy Ghost doesn't force himself upon anybody there has to be an openness there has to be some doors that are swung wide that says, I want access to, and I want this supernatural thing to have access to me. Now, that's what we see demonstrated in our text this morning. It's the story of a woman who's opened the doors of her house to a prophet. Of God, one that is supernaturally used of God, she opens her doors to Him. Now, I believe that it was more than just hospitality, reverence, and respect that caused her to open the door. Scripture says in 2 Kings 4 and 8 that Elisha passed to Shunem and there was a great woman. She constrained him to eat bread and so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. Now, I think it was a little more than just kindness and I'm grateful for hospitality. I'm glad there are hospitable saints I'm glad there's people that's willing to open the doors and welcome folks in and make their table available and, and put the, the finest out and, and serve. That. That, that's wonderful, but I really believe that for this woman, it was more than just being hospitable. I, I believe she was doing more than just being kind. I believe it was more than just reverence and respect to one that she deemed to be the man of God rather I believe there was an inward hunger inside of her for some spiritual things that this man represented and she was saying I don't know if I understand all of it I don't know if I can figure it all out but I'd like to have access to whatever it is that he's got so I'm opening the doors of my house, and I'm going to let the man of God come in you see God can't do anything behind closed doors you got to have open doors that's why in revelations you see him standing at the door and knocking he's got to have an open door if you don't get an open door he can't do anything he can stand on the outside and he can beckon and he can wave and and he can kind of reach out but he can't do anything till somebody decides to open the door and I believe the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost is knocking on the 21st century door and I believe it's trying to come in in a way that we have never seen it before and I believe it's time for somebody to get up and say you know what I'm tired of it being on the outside I want it on the inside I'm opening my door to this divine and supernatural presence so she did kind of intriguing it's kind of amazing she brings him in as oft as he passed by so ever so often when he came by she had the table set. I don't know how he got her aunt, his itinerary to him or to her. I, I know what we would do today. We would send an email, a text. Uh, they didn't have email. They didn't have text. I don't know if he sent a courier and said, t- tell that, that woman down there in Shunum, I'm on my way. Get the house ready. Get the table ready. I'm coming. But, but somehow or another, She knew he was was coming in, and she had the table ready. And as oft as he passed by, there was a place at her table. And he would stop, and he would eat bread with her. And she would enjoy those moments and occasions as oft as he would stop by. There was something about him, something mysterious about him. There was a realm that he operated in. There, there was a dimension that he, 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 he had about him that, that was mysterious, that captivated her. And so they would sit around the table and she would look over and she'd say, oh man of God, tell me some stories about how God has worked and, and God has moved. And I can see him sitting at the table now. And he'd just begin to start talking. And he'd say, you know... I remember my mentor, his name was Elijah. I remember on one occasion that there was a spring that was, that was poisonous and that they couldn't drink from. And it was, it was the water supply for the community. And I remember that man of God, I remember as if it was yesterday. I remember him asking them for a cruise of salt and he, he got that cruise of salt and he took it and he poured that cruise of salt into that spring of water. And when he poured that cruise of salt into that spring of water, ah, that water was made whole and they could drink from it ah that woman she must have sat around that table and said hmm I'd like to have been there to sing that that sounds that sounds absolutely wonderful tell me some more tell me some more I, I like hearing those stories well I I remember on one occasion that my mentor Elijah he was staying with a widow and she had a she had a son and 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 that son died and 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 she didn't know what to do she just brought him to the man of God and he he took he took that boy and he prayed for him and as sure as I'm standing here he came back to life again and, and I can see a smile come from one side of her face to the other. Her eyes get as big around as saucers, and said, "Wow! I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have. I wish I could have seen that. I wish I could have been a part of of that particular story." And so it was. As often as he came by, as often as he stopped by her home, he began to tell the stories of miracles. And healings and deliverances. You know what? You and I have been made available to some of the most supernatural presence and power that we can ever begin to imagine. God has stopped often by our place, He has stopped often by our house, He stopped often by our sanctuary. He's kind of come in on a Sunday morning. And he's just kind of sat down beside of us. And we felt his presence in the house. We felt his presence nearby. And we kind of perked up a little bit. Said, you know what? There must be. There must be something in the house. There must be just something here. I feel something's coming in. Then often as he come by, he sat down at our table. And we felt a drawing and we felt a presence. And we, we felt a little touch here. And we felt a little touch there. And we're open to it. We like that feeling. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's wonderful when you sit down at OKNAYC. It's wonderful, isn't it? When you sit down, even if it's by video. Even if you have to sit down by video and you got Victor Jackson up there on the screen preaching but you know something just come in the house and it wasn't just Victor Jackson it was the presence and the power of almighty God and we like it we feel the comfortableness of the presence of God as it begins to come in and we're very open to it we like it don't we we like the presence of God we like the power of God as it begins to sweep across the house but somewhere along the line this little he said you know what I want a little more than just this man stopping by ever so often I want a little more than just hearing a story ever now and then about the supernatural somewhere or another I want to become personally involved with that supernatural move of God I'm open to it I'm comfortable with it coming by ever once in a while and I like hearing the stories I love it I love it on Sunday mornings, stranding I I love it on Sunday mornings getting to tell the story about the wonderful thing God has done for Sherry God's done incredible work for Sherry touched her body she had cancer in her tongue they found it in her lung and she just got the report just a, a few weeks back that she's totally cancer free it's out of her body I like it I like it I like it when it comes by I like it when it comes by as often as it comes by, I want my doors open to it. I want to hear it. I want to I be around it. I'm quite comfortable with the stories. I'm quite comfortable with its present around me. But you know what? I want more than it just stopping by ever now and then. I want to be brought in personally and experience that supernatural power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost myself. I want that spirit to be more than just on my pew. I want it to be on the inside. I want it to be on the inside a well of living water springing up unto everlasting life. I want it flowing out of my heart, my mind, my soul. Somebody lift your hands and just give him a shout of praise right now. Gotta have it got to have it got to have it got to have it and so you know it's it's possible sometimes it's possible sometimes to be comfortable with it coming and still have some limitations up still have some boundaries up still have some walls because on one occasion the prophet said to her in 2nd Kings chapter 4 and verse number 15 he'd he'd come by and he tells his servant he said call her call her it's now time for her to experience the supernatural caller. Bring her in. I want her to have this supernatural power of God in her life. I want her to experience it. I, I want her to have it. And as he called her, she began to set up her walls. She began to put up her boundaries. She first of all, she she protest to the prophet. She says in Second Kings four and thirteen, she says uh, she says, look, uh, she said I, I dwell among my own people. I got everything I need. I I, I don't need anything else. I, I I'm quite fine like I am. Just come sit at my table. Let let me let me kind of hear the stories. But but I I, I don't necessarily, Necessarily need any miraculous move or any miraculous intervention of God I, I, I just want to hear the stories and so she puts up her protest and says I dwell amongst my own people and how often we have told God that's good for them and I like being around it and that's good for them and I like hearing it and I'm comfortable sitting in the same room with it but I, I don't have any need for the supernatural in my life I'm here to tell you on this Sunday morning, God is tired of you just sitting in the same house where you hear the stories. He wants you to experience a supernatural move of God for yourself. She not only protests but she begins to protect herself. Look at what she does in 2 Kings 4 and 16. He said about this season, according to the time of life, you're going to embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, I don't deny who you are. I don't deny what you do. But don't lie to me. I, I don't want to go out here on a limb and get, get my hopes and faith shattered. I, I'm quite comfortable where I am. Don't, don't lie to me because if I step out and I really believe and it doesn't happen that I'm going to be hurt and my mind's going to be affected by all of it hear me ladies and gentlemen it's time to get rid of our protest get rid of our protection and say God's called me into the realm of the supernatural he wants me to have a divine move of God into my life and so the prophet speaks to her and says you're going to have a son according to the season of life. Notice what she's done now. Now she's not just brought him in but she begins to make room she begins to create a place for the supernatural to happen scripture says that she had perception look what she says in 2nd Kings 4 and 9 she said to her husband behold now I perceive that this is a holy man of God she said I got a little discernment I got a little perception there's something under my roof God wants to do something and if we'll just make a little room for it everything's going to be all right, and God is going to do a work in our life I wish somebody could perceive right now that the power of God is in this building and that God wants to heal He wants to deliver He wants to fill up the Holy Ghost He wants to touch He wants to set free He wants to break chains He wants to break bonds does anybody have a little perception in the house right now? so she says let's let's make a room Now, I don't don't think she was just making a literal room. She did. But I think it was more than making a literal room. She was making a room in her mind. She was making a room, a space for God to do something and if I'm going to make room two things have got to happen number one there's got to be agreement I've got to have some agreement first of all I've got to be in agreement with myself James says it like this in James 1 and 8 a double minded man is unstable in all his ways i got to get an agreement with myself I can't have a little bit of doubt and a little bit of faith I can't have a little bit of wavering and a little bit of hope somewhere or another i got to get an agreement with Myself and say, you know what? I believe that God can give me a miracle. I'm casting out all doubt. I'm casting out all fear. I'm casting out all unbelief. I'm getting an agreement with myself right now. I believe. Somebody shout, I believe. Come on, somebody shout, I believe. Is there anybody on this right hand side? I believe. Anybody in this middle section? Somebody shouted, I believe. Anybody on this left hand side? I believe. I believe in a move of the Holy Ghost. I believe. But not only must there be an agreement with herself, there has to be agreement amongst us. Notice what she says in 2 Kings 4 and 9. She said to her husband, let us make a little chamber I pray thee on the wall let us set for him there a bed a table and a stool and a candlestick and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in hither oh friend I not only got to get an agreement with myself I got to get an agreement with my brother and let us agree together let's do this together I want God not just in the house but I want a miracle so God's going to come to us I'm going to get an agreement together believe that God is going to perform a miracle and an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. There can be no miraculous without agreement but if you can have a link up one with the other and say you know what I agree with my brother. I agree with my sister. There's going to be a move of God. I'm making room. I said I'm making room. I'm making room for the supernatural to happen and then finally not only must I have agreement there must be an addition take place in my life you know what an addition requires an addition requires rearrangement if you're going to add something that means you got to rearrange something my precious wife she buys stuff and that means you got to rearrange so the kids came home from New Zealand a couple of weeks ago and she said we got to have more bedroom space we got to have more bed space because we got some little ones coming in and we gotta gotta have a place for them to sleep. So the playroom's gotta be rearranged. We need a different couch. We need different end tables. You get different end tables, that means you gotta have different lamps. That means if you buy furniture, now you can buy that little agreement from the furniture store that they deliver, but that don't mean they carry out what's already there. And so you had to go in the playroom. And you got you to gotta pick up the old futon. And you, you, we're not getting rid of it. We're just moving it to another room. And it's got to go in another place. Now, it's going to go after all of this is over. And that means you got to move it out again. Because if you're going to add, there's got to be more addition. There's got to be rearrangement in our life. You understand that if we're going to open ourselves up to the miraculous, there's got to be some rearrangements in our life. If we're going to add faith, we got to rearrange some thoughts. we got to rearrange some thinking. we got to rearrange the way our mind works. we got to rearrange the way our heart reaches out. Somewhere or another, we got to get some things rearranged on the inside, but if you're willing to make some rearrangement, you can create a place where the supernatural can happen, where miracles can begin to take place. God, I'm going to make the rearrangement. I'm going to get rid of doubt. I'm going to get rid of fear. I'm going to get rid of unbelief. I'm going to get my mind focused. I believe God for an outpour of the Holy Ghost. And guess what? It will happen. It'll happen. For Scripture says in 2 Kings four seventeen, and the woman conceived from the prophet sitting at the table as oft as he came by she's heard the stories over and over and over again but on that particular day the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said and now it's not just the story of the miraculous she's now experienced it for self mom i don't know you you remember the story i know you do um we were in new zealand in uh, mid 70s and dad had gone to Christchurch, church we're starting a church down there i don't know what phone call it was um but i think it was one of the first uh, put a little ad in the paper about church down at the Burnside Primary School Hall. And a uh, little lady called one day, and uh, she said, I'd like to like to come to church. And I, I don't know who took the call, whether it was mom or dad, but they told her, said, we'll, we'll get you to church. She needed a ride. We'll get you to church. And she said, before I come, I need to tell you something I have a very sick child I think one, one and a half something like that at the time said it has a chalk spine it cannot sit up on its own and it cries in pain constantly I've been asked to leave other churches because my baby cries so much and disturbs service So said that's fine it's alright come church it's okay she did we didn't even have the foggiest of what she was talking about that baby cried piercing screams at top of its lawn that school hall and its hardwood floors and its wood ceiling that echoed off two or three of the ladies that was part of the congregation we tried to take the baby outside the only nursery we had was outside so mama could enjoy service it was a Sunday evening we was putting up the benches at the end of service sliding them all back in place and we was packing the song books up loading everything away for them to have school the next day when that mother walked toward the front to my dad and said would you pray would you pray for my baby god would touch dad just reached his hand out and laid his hand over on top of her head the baby's head and said lord touch this baby not not a long prayer wasn't fancy flower just, just god touch this baby and from one moment to the next That baby shut up. No crying. Crying That was Sunday. Monday. She took the baby to the hospital. It's got double pneumonia in its lungs. They checked the baby in the hospital. It doesn't look good. It looks like the baby will not survive. God's got a way of doing things for while the baby was in the hospital being checked out for double pneumonia the doctor got to looking at it and said you know what I know this baby I've studied this baby I've I've examined this baby this baby was born with a chalk spine but it don't have a chalk spine this baby's got a perfect spine just like it was supposed to have been born with And a baby that had double pneumonia on Monday by the end of the week had already been dismissed with no pneumonia and a brand new spine. And mama and the baby's back in church the following Sunday. Guess what? That baby was sitting up in its mama's lap that Sunday looking around without crying and within a few weeks that baby's up tottering along the edge of the benches. I'm here to tell you it's not he just wants to come by. He wants us to make room and say you know what it's not just the stories I hear it's not just what I hear over here but God wants me personally to have a supernatural experience of the Holy Ghost in my life and I'm going to make room for it I don't understand it I can't figure it out I can't explain it I can't tell you all the ins and outs all I know is if you'll open your mind if you'll open your heart if you'll open your soul the power of God will do an incredible work inside of you because he's come by on this Sunday morning and he's looking for some room today would somebody stand with me now and would you lift your hands and your voices to heaven would somebody just cry out to him come on now all over the building that's it from wherever you're at wherever you're standing right now mama daddy wherever you're at in this building There's a hunger in your heart for a supernatural move of God. Come on, there's a hunger in your heart right now for a supernatural work of the Spirit. I don't want Him just to come by. I don't want Him just to sit in the same place. I need this to happen in me. I need the power of the Holy Ghost. I need healing in my life. I need a miracle from God. And if you're hungry for it, and you'll make room, right now. God is going to do a work in this building before you leave this place. Would you lift your voices and your hands and would you just begin to cry out to Him right now? Come on all over the building. That's it. That's it. Wherever you're at now, whatever you're needing in your life, if you're here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you are in this building today and you need a supernatural work of God. God is ready to do that work right now. Come on, somebody make room. Somebody make room for a miracle now. Somebody make room for the supernatural. Somebody make a place for it in the name of Jesus. I'm opening this altar on this Sunday morning if there's a hunger in your heart right now for a miraculous touch, a supernatural move of God in your life I'm inviting you just to move from where you're at down the aisle toward this altar lift your hands toward the Lord and say God I need it to happen I'm making room for it right now I'm making room for it right now I'm making a place for God to do something inside of me that's it come on now wherever you're at wherever you're standing why don't you just make room for it come on it's been around you It's been around you. You're comfortable with hearing the stories. It's been coming by often. Why don't you just go ahead and make room for it to happen for you right now. Why don't you just go ahead and make room for it to take place in your life. That's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, rearrange some stuff. Come on, change the furniture around. Build a room. Make a place. Get the door open. He's coming by now to visit your life with the power of the Holy Ghost. That's it wherever you are, whatever. You need Him from God right now. Just reach out to Him. Reach out to Him. Reach up to Him. That's it. That's it in the name of Jesus.
0: You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.